0: title of the lesson is, Does Your Faith Amaze God, You, and Others? Does your faith amaze God, comma, you and others? Why do I put you? Because everything in this life, if you think about it, involves a risk. Yeah. You go into a store and you buy something you ask questions about it you want to know about the warranty you want to know this that and the other thing and 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 you're hoping they're telling you the truth about the product and then you decide to buy it and why we know things could break down we're hoping by what you they say and what the product says that you can trust what they said yeah. you make that decision <laughs> we have every single human being every friendship two human beings whatever if it's a business relationship Family relationship, friendship relationship, doesn't matter. There's, a, there's a, a subconsciously that you're making a contract. You may not say that, but you are. You're saying, as we go on in this relationship, what are you building? Trust or distrust? Because by your decisions and your actions and your behavior, you're either depositing more trust to that person because lip service don't help. I love you, man. You know I love you. No, I don't know you love me because you're just you're, the way you treat me doesn't seem like it. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Trust is faith, and with God, we need to trust God. And even though most people subconsciously or, or even face value would say I trust God, I love God, even if even if you don't understand, you just think God you you, you intellectually believe, but how you live shows really do you trust God. Because when challenging times come or things happen, what do you do? Do you trust you and your decisions or do you still be obe- obedient and faithful to God? Or do you break faith because your way is safer or you feel comfortable whether it's sin or not? On, Look in Hebrews 11, so let's break down the, uh, the foundation of, the, of what I'm talking about because we have to understand faith, unfortunately, faith is misrepresented. A lot of people, you hear it in the movies, have faith, man, faith, 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 faith. Well, only biblical faith is truth. And only biblical faith in God and in Christ releases the power of God. And in verse 11, chapter 11, verse 1, it says in in Hebrews, Hebrews 11, verse 1, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. A confident, assured human being. Do you carry yourself that way? Because if you're in God and you believe and you're trusting in God's promises, then you come off confident in any genre. And you, have, you, you look assured. Doesn't mean you don't overcome fear. Doesn't mean you don't have battles of anxiety or, 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 or times. But that's why you Pray. See, if faith is confidence in what we hope for, that means we have confidence in God. So why we have confidence in God? We should be confident as people. Amen. Insecurity should be coming less and less. Amen. Because not in you you're confident, but you're confident in God. Right. And you have assurance about what you don't see, which means I I, I I see what you're saying, God, but I don't see it yet. But I trust. Amen. You know... All through the New Testament, Jesus was amazed at two things. People's great faith or people's lack of faith, literally. He said, These are, they, I'm amazed at their lack of faith. Yeah. He'd walk away because he, he can't work with people like that. He won't. Yeah. And then he's also amazed at great faith. Let's look at Matthew 8, verse 5. Yeah. On, Does your faith amaze God? You and others. See, if you're really living by God's promises, it can't be a pipe dream. When you follow through and obey God, God doesn't promise eternal life, which is amazing. And you don't get that till you die. But it's incredible to know because I think most people realize and don't need faith to believe they're going to die. It doesn't take faith to know you're going to die. It doesn't take faith to know you're going to, to, you're going to get older. But what happens when you die? Well, the, God tells us very clearly what happens. Yeah. But most people don't get around to really looking into it. That's the most, I mean, why, well, how would you not look into that and, and, and even go by your own psychology or your own feelings or what grandma told you? And, and think about this. I have faith, God knows my heart, but you're living in deep sins and your life is a mess and Jesus wouldn't even hang out in half the situations you're in. And you're saying I'm a Christian. Oh. It's like you're in a black tie event, and you're in an orange jumpsuit, oh. but you act like no one notices. <laughs> and that's what God sees. That God sees that. But you no one. We're not the judge. But that's what you're like. Eh, eh, eh. And God's like, and in the wedding, and there's a parable at the wedding clothes, and He goes, "How did you get in here? You don't have the wedding clothes on." See. We're not to judge one another, but we are to help one another and follow the truth and represent the truth if we are members of his church, yeah. which is family. Yes. But God says that's how deceived some of us will be. You'll be in the buffet, well, the people that think they're right with God, that haven't taken the time to be humble and ask and, be, and let the Bible be the mirror, not their own psychosis, their psychological, their psychological thinking. Yeah. You know, If you think about it, you, you go by what you think most of the time, and God gave you a great brain. But you can't do that with God. you gotta, you got to get out of yourself and look at the mirror and be honest. Yeah. Because without humility, you cannot even attempt to see the truth. And number two, you can't even be a Christian without dependence on God. God calls us to follow Jesus, deny yourself. That means give up sin. And you know what? You can't give up sin, even if you want to, without prayer. Yeah. Addiction, alcoholism cigarettes those things were all in me but it doesn't matter when i became a christian i needed to pray for the power of god in 93 living in the hollywood hills working for where i was a body got personal security for one of a rock band guns and roses i was running a restaurant i had a car motorcycle uh you know i thought i had it going on but i was miserable emotionally bankrupt and i remember when i started studying the bible i realized it it's like I quit the cocaine, the smoke and weed. And back then, in the '70s, I smoked weed even, and that's when it was really against the law. But I still, but spiritually, see, you do what's wrong, but you do what God says. Now you're like, well, marijuana coming in; it's legal. Well, if you're a man or woman of God, you'll read the Bible and realize it's not beneficial. Yeah. Actually, it stops you. you got, the Bible says, pray. You must be clear-minded so you can pray. Yeah. Last I checked, you can't take a hit off anything and be clear-minded. Yeah. You may take a sip of wine. That's why alcohol is not wrong. But you're like. <laughs> Five minutes later, you're like, I'm clear-minded. Let's read the Bible. And you're reading, anybody who does not repent goes to hell. <laughs> you're insane. You just laugh and babble on. That's what I'm talking because I've been there. But to quit cigarettes and, and those things, even though I needed to, I needed to get on my knees. And they said, pray. And I, okay. I used to pray 911s. But now I want to become a disciple. I want to repent. And that's where I learned God's power to begin with. I started to pray in what I don't believe. And God said, pray and go through and it. Didn't, it didn't take it away from a magic wand. He said, pray and suffer. Yeah. So what it means is he, when you pray... You don't. You, you. No matter how bad I wanted that cigarette or whatnot, I knew God was with me, so I sat in my suffering. See, before I'd break free when something happens painfully or emotionally, I'd go to my comfort idol sin because I don't want to stay. This time, I realized there was hope, so I suffered through it day one, praying. Day two, praying in the morning, praying at the evening, thanking God for one another day and hitting the pillow. Next morning, God, give me strength today. Pray throughout the day. And I wasn't a religious person. So I was just praying on my own words. God, help me. Please be with me. Get me through this. It would pass. And I'd go, wow. And then I'd come again. And then I realized I can quit. And after day after day, I started giving God victory. And it got weaker. It got weaker. And I got stronger to the point where I started praying for God to help me hate what God hates and love what God loves. So now, and not only was it like, you know, for now, and I, I was like, not only did I not want a cigarette, if someone smoked near me, I'd almost throw up. It'd make me sick. I said, Thank you. Amen. Come on, Chris. That's what the power of God is on life and sin and whatever God calls you to live by, whatever He calls you and the way He calls you to live. If what you're doing needs to be changed, it's sin. And now you might go, well, well, I can go well back and go, let's look at the Bible, not me. But when you're going to die and what you're doing, even if you're negotiating with God and don't want to change, God doesn't try to dictate you. If you're really honest, anything God says to change and stop doing, repent of, is bad for you. Relationships fall apart. They're not built on anything. There's fights. There's anger. There's divorce. There may not be divorce, but there's just dysfunction until you build it on Christ because we're sinful so faith is confidence in what we hope for an assurance about what we do not see verse 2 the ancients this is what the ancients were commended for and then drop down to verse 6 and without faith it's impossible to please God Hebrews Hebrews 11 oh I'm sorry Stay where you're at. I'm just going to hit the verse. I apologize. I didn't read that. So stay in Matthew 8. Verse 6 says, Without faith, it's in Hebrews. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Think about that. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't even have the grace of God without faith. You can't just be walking around, God's merciful, saved by grace, by some false doctrine. You can't until you have biblical faith, which means repent. Jesus is Lord and Savior. you got to repent by faith and live and change for God to come and, and, and really for that opening to happen. Amen. It says it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe he exists, not hopefully try to believe, must believe, decision, must, not go, oh, I hope you're there. No, you got to get past that and go, I know you're there. Amen. Help me believe in my unbelief. Yes. And then he says, and he rewards those who eternally he rewards those who eternally seek him. I mean earnestly seek him. Excuse me. Earnestly seek him. That's the rest of your life. Rewards. Opening doors. Helping you get through pain. Discouragement. Rejection. Helping you understand God you're a good God. See that's where the rewards are. It's not just rewards like we think humanistically. It's even when you don't understand why bad things are challenging what you'd say happened, you understand there's a reason and God loves you. And you may not even understand until later in hindsight. But you know God's a good God. Amen. So the reward of pain and, and wrong things that happen, you now go, I know there's a reason. What am I learning? Amen. You're learning to be more like Jesus. Look in Matthew 8, verse 5. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness, and there will be weeping and gnashing of the teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. See, faith isn't some kind of thing. Everybody just goes, I got faith, you got faith. Everybody has a different level of faith. Grace is from God. We all need that. Faith is what you do with it. Each, it's individual. And as you read and obey, you'll grow. If you read and disobey and be prideful, you'll, you'll, you'll die spiritually. Yeah. You die spiritually. Either growing spiritually, you're dying spiritually. Right. That's only two ways. Yeah. And you see that this soldier understood authority. I've been in the military, and anybody who's been in the military can even understand that. You don't, it's not even about God. The, 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 the military, the order of the military, you understand you believe in the brand, so to speak. I was in the Army, and if uh, a higher-ranking soldier or an officer came into my squad, the squad I was in, and came in, we would automatically salute or acknowledge the sergeant if it was a, if it was a sergeant or an officer. We don't need to know them yeah. because we understand and trust the order of the brand, yeah. and we take orders because we understand, even though men can be flawed in the military, there's an order set long enough where things get done and there's a strict obedience and there's actually a strict consequence if you do not obey because because in wartime if that happens it can be a conundrum oh my gosh can you imagine someone doing a mutiny and that happens in a battle or out there on your own in the combat zone people start killing you crazy that's why it's so taken serious the centurion saying this but now he's looking at Jesus going I know you're not even near that I know even in my command in my army and the centurion army back then was so powerful and it was, it, they and, and he, but this man was unique because he believed in God. Most of the Romans bowed to Caesar. And he goes, man, listen, I understand this. And he came to believe who Jesus really was. You're God. And he goes, you just say the word because I believe who you are. I don't need to have, are you sure it's going to get done? I know it's going to get done because you're God. Amen. Jesus went, oh, my gosh. He says, I've not even found anyone in Israel. Which, because this guy was a a guy that converted. He wasn't even, even the Jewish people, he's like, I can't even believe it. That's such great faith. He's amazed. And look at the man, look what look at the faith, what the faith did to the man and others. His faith carried through a miracle for his his own servant. You obviously know he had a great heart because he cared about his servant that way. And it says. In verse 13, Jesus said to the servant, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And Jesus didn't even have to go there. Once, his servant was healed at the moment. Jesus actually said something radical. He told many religious Jews who should be in the kingdom would be excluded Because of their lack of faith. See, people that walk around calling themselves a Christian, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, doesn't mean unless you verify it from scripture as Jesus defines. You can't self-proclaim you're a Christian. You can because no one's going to judge you. God's the judge. But people go around and throw around the word Christian. I'm a Christian like a cheap suit. And I mean this not disrespectful. It's not just a word saying. It's not just following someone emotionally. Hey, pray this prayer with me and you know, you're done. That, that's, that's a false doctrine. That's an emotional hype. You've got to count the cost. You've got to strive to connect with God. You've got to understand what God is calling you and how Jesus calls you to live. Amen. And make a decision as you're striving to overcome it. Jada knows this, right? You're getting baptized today. She didn't just go emotionally, hey, can you just. I'm emotionally, no, she's been studying the Bible. There's no time to... but she had to have her answer. She had to ask her answers and her questions. What is Jesus? Yes. Who is he? Why am I here? What's the Bible mean? Why do we meet at church? How do I know I'm not saved? What is light and darkness? What is the kingdom of God? Is it in heaven? Is it here? Am I part of it? How do I be part of it? Yes. Why the church? What church? Why not? Why? The... Why not the 50 churches I drove by to get here? Yes. Great questions. Great question. You have to answer by faith. Yes. And what does it mean? to make Jesus Lord exactly, because I know he's not saying lip service. It's gonna be surrender to your master. He now has control of now telling you how to live. That has a beat to it, doesn't it? How long does it take to turn the phone off? All right, amen. Welcome back, Dad. It's awesome to have you back in service. It really is. I love my dad. Oh, yeah. Well, we need to study the Bible again. He said that was God calling him. (laughs) Get him back in the studies. I mean, he's just kidding. He's he's still got his personality. He's doing well. (laughs) Jesus told the crowd that many Jewish people in that crowd who should be in the kingdom would be excluded because of their lack of faith. They were entrenched in their religion. They were entrenched in even truths that were true, but they weren't living them. Point number one is God knows, I mean, faith knows God's powerful, eternal perspective. Faith knows God's eternal perspective. What do you mean by faith knows? If you have, you can't know it. You can't be transformed. You can read about it, but you're not part of it unless you have that saving faith of submitting to the scriptures of God and obeying Right? Psalm 90 verse 1. See, these people in the crowd were part of the chosen people. But they weren't chosen anymore. Many are invited, few were chosen. Why? Well, he says this. The subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside in the darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Because they were saying we are God's people, but weren't living out and obeying by faith i don't care what the excuse was fear whatever and we're going to see fear is a really sinful thing it's real you got to overcome it but you can't let fear take you out because it's it's not made by god fear is not made by god reverence toward god is a healthy righteousness fear is something you conjure up in your mind when you were a kid why do you guys who made up the deal that there's a monster under your bed or go somewhere. It's never been true, but why do we all of a sudden go for it? Because you allow the fear of a lie, hysterical emotions, to feed. Yeah. It's not real, and you, you can't tell that to a child. You got to sit with them. You can't say it's not real. Just get over it. But where do they get that? Uh-huh. Look in Psalm one, Psalm ninety, verse one. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born. Or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. You turn people back to dust, saying, return to dust, mortals. A thousand years in your sight are like a day that has just gone by. Or like a watch in the night. Yet you sweep people away in the, death, in the sleep of death. They are like new grass of the morning. In the morning it springs up new, but by evening it is dry and withered. See, Moses, this is the oldest psalm recorded. Moses is praying this. Moses addressed God in the Hebrew. God has different names, and he expresses himself through God. And this was Elohim, the God as Elohim, which means the God of power. Because God, if you research the names behind God, there's so many names. I am, the great I am. the God is love. God is power. There's so much more as you get to know God's character. Yeah. So he addressed him of, as God, as Elohim in Hebrew, the God of power and the God of creation. He described God as bringing forth, giving birth to the mountains. See, in the older ancient days, Mountains were looked at as something that was powerful and unchangeable, which is true. When I was reading this, I thought, I'm from Arizona, and mountains are all around me. I grew up in front of a mountain called Camelback Mountain. Anybody from Arizona knows it. Yeah. And it's not changed ever since I've been born. But since, any, since for, been forever. It's the same thing. It looks like a camel laying down. It's known. It's huge. Yeah. Mountains are powerful. Yeah. But it's a representation of God's power. So it never perishes. So he addresses God Almighty. So my question is, do you have that powerful perspective eternally of God with your faith? Moses says, man, I know that you brought forth the whole world. You created everything. You created me. I know you got me, and I know I'm coming, and I'm going to die humanly. But I'm, I'm going to be with you because I believe in you and following you. See, that's right there, the first step. He understands through and through, and you I don't expect you to understand or anyone to understand. So you start to study the Bible and even take a risk and go, God, what, how do I even begin? Yeah. Well, the Bible says all through, God says, seek me when you seek me with all your heart, you find me. That's not just an of thought. you got to go home. Now you're going to start changing because it's due. It's not works. Faith without deeds is dead. What's it mean to seek him? Not just come to church. It's now start to learn and want to ask questions and help understand What God says and what does he want me to do? And you start to pray. You learn to pray and you start to ask God. And you start to not go by your feelings. And you start to obey and learn to seek God. He says if you seek him with all your heart, you're going to find him. Pick it up in verse 7. We are consumed by your anger and terrified by your indignation. You have set our iniquities before you. Our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days pass under your wrath. We finish our years with a moan. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. For they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is due you. Here Moses is reflecting on Israel's sad experience at Kadesh, and it's in Numbers, when the nation refused to obey God and enter the promised land. Same thing in the New Testament. You refuse to obey God through Christ and follow Jesus and repent and live as Jesus' Lord, which is going to be like going downstream if you all have inner tombs and you're like in Arizona. We used to go to a river called Salt River. It had no salt in it. I don't know why they called it. It could be in the middle of the desert, 115 degrees out. And they would actually rent inner tubes, big truck inner tubes, or you'd have your own, and you'd rent them. And you'd go park your car up on the top of the river, and you'd go to the bottom, and someone would take you up. And you'd go, and you have an ice chest and bring your food and everything, and you'd get in the inner tube. And you'd go down a river in the middle of the sculpting mountains, in the middle of the hot desert mountains, 115 degrees, and you're in water that's cold because it's coming down from the mountains. So refreshing. And you're like, you have to wear a shirt because you'll get burnt. And you have to cake yourself with a hat. But it's so refreshing because you're in the water and it's so surreal. But you're going down the current. And there's hundreds. I mean, this is such a hobby. Everybody goes and everybody's floating down laughing and we're going down the river. But then say when you follow Jesus, it's like that's the, that's the culture. That's the, that's the culture of the world. You get off the inner tube and you go, now I'm going to start swimming up. It'd look ridiculous. If someone was trying to pass you, hey, dude, what are you doing? You're like trying to swim against the current. You're not making much progress. It's hard. Well, g- Welcome to walking with Jesus in the sinful world. You're going to go against the current of the world. And it's not going to be easy because you're fighting your sin. And you're living in a sinful world and now striving to live by the light. Yeah. And, it's, and you're going against the patterns of the world. Right. And your own self. Oh, pray. Prayer. Yeah. So see, he reflected on this because they refused to obey. See, faith without obedience is not faith. Faith. You can meditate. You can wrestle. You can ask questions. You can ask God to help you. But eventually, you can't just sit there and just and not obey. God's patient to a point because He's like, "I've never lied to you. Why are you not Why are you not trusting?" And usually, it's a manipulation. You just don't want to change, and you want to stay in your sin that you're a slave to because it, it's comfortable if you're in sin long enough. Just like if you lay in vomit long enough, it's warm and cozy. Well, think about some of the habits that we've done. Now you're out of them. Why, why, would you ever want to go back to that? And why were you doing that every day? Because yeah. you, were, you, were, you, were, you were enslaved. Yeah. See, the, this foolish decision of the Israelites led to four decades of trials and testings in the wilderness until the older generation, except for two people, Joshua and Caleb, yeah. died off. See, God is long-suffering, And that can be also translated slow to anger. Long-suffering is slow to anger. But the repeated complaints and rebellions of his people tested even God's patience in the desert. That's why they didn't make it. See, there's a point where God expects you to believe and obey. That's why the wrath of God is coming. You can't be neutral. Jesus expects a decision, and an indecision is a decision. (laughs) Because God said there's no excuse. It's just you that's in the way. And he even says, test me. Try to live out. Watch me. Watch obeying God. How's that going to hurt you? No one's going to hurt you, man. You're hurting yourself and no one's going to hurt you. So in verse 12, pick it up in Psalm 90, verse 12. You guys with me? Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Relent, Lord. How long will it be? Have compassion on your servants. Satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. That's the wealthiest person, period. If you're walking in obedience with God, you can be joyful, inner contentment regardless of outside circumstances. You can't buy that. You can't fame that out. There's miserable people. Enter contentment regardless of outside circumstances. doesn't mean you don't have to negotiate, but with prayer and continuing to get back there, you go, God is with me. And that's why he says, teach us to number our days. Let us think about what's going on. In 15, 15 it says, make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us. For as many years as we have seen trouble, may your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to their children. May the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. See, in verse 12, when he says, teach us to number our days, sin takes its toll and has been taking its toll on the human race since the beginning. Yeah. And we no longer see life spans recorded like they were in Genesis 5. You know, we don't like to think about the wrath of God, but every obituary in the newspaper is a reminder of, go real quick to Romans 6.23. We're going to come back to to numbers in a minute. Romans 6.23. The wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The wages of sin is death. That's on all of our tombstones. Every tombstone, if you walk through any cemetery, I don't care. They died because the wages of sin is death. That's why we're going to die. Even when you become saved, you're going to die. Because sin stopped us. And God sent a redeemer. We finish our years and and marvel that it all went fast. And if you're getting older, you know time flies. The older you get, the faster it seems to go. Yeah. So now it's time to ask God for wisdom, to become better stewards of our time and be humble students to ask God how we should live out our time and opportunities as Jesus Lord. That's, what, that's the difference by faith. If you're not doing that and you don't know what that means, then it's time to be humble and study the Bible. Because the answers are with disciples. And that's the thing I always tell people if they're studying. Well, if you're here, study. And then if the people don't, know, don't, don't have a pattern of life, then you might want to say, what's the doctrine and what's going on? Because if just I or a couple people could teach you, this isn't the church. Yeah. Every person should be taught the same way as Jesus taught. And every person is striving to obey by their, own, by their faith, but there's no discrepancies. Yeah. And everybody is made into a disciple the way Jesus teaches. They understand enough by the Bible. So we're not just a church that people don't know. know. You have to know and walk the talk. A successful life is composed of successful days that honor the Lord, a successful life is composed of successful days. Each day is a beautiful decision to deposit or take a withdrawal. God's going to deposit you with your obedience or he's going to take a withdrawal because of your decision. Your choice will hurt you because you disobey. Your own choices hurt you by sin. See, God wasn't exaggerating when they looked at this and he said, you know, uh, have compassion, right? right? Well, did you guys know that ten times? Ten times God, they failed, and God knew over and over, I'm done. In the yes, in the desert. Mm-hmm. And if you if you look at uh, uh, Numbers chapter um, 14, 21 with me, you guys with me? Yes. Yeah, and uh, the next point is faithful to eternity. So you can't just get faithful and have your, you know, you get right with God and When you make Jesus Lord and you're saved, that's not just like, wow, now what do you do? No, you're walking in the light, in the church, faithful all the way to the end. See, if I'm not faithful to my wife, Sonia, who I'm so grateful for 27 years, if I stop obeying and being faithful to my vow, we may have paper, on paper we're married, but there's not a relationship anymore. Right? Same thing with God. You can't beat God up. Oh, thank you for saving me. I'll do what I want now. That's ridiculous. People do that, though. Yeah. It's like he, he wants a relationship with you. Walk and obey and trust my plan for you. Amen. I am God and you are not. And I'm not trying to be overbearing. He's saying, I love you. <laughs> but that's the facts. If you want to say, I am God and you are not, you don't have any control. Yeah. But he loves you and he's saying, trust me. And if you don't want to trust me, then why would you want to go to heaven with me? Right. See, if you don't want to follow him here, what do you think? You're going to die and go, oh, I'll go with you now. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Fall in love with God now and walk with Him. And that shows that, yeah, I'm with you all the way. There's not a different love in it, in heaven. It's the same love in church, the slice of disciples which still needs to forgive because we're learning to get our hearts more like Jesus. But it, the church of true disciples should be the closest slice of heaven on earth. People that still sin and struggle but there's nothing closer. Because they're in Christ. Does that make sense? Uh, let me get to the scripture. Uh, no, yeah, thank you. Numbers 14, um, in verse 21, it says here, Nevertheless, well, actually in verse 20, the Lord said, replied, I have forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and as surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, who, uh, who, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times. Not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to, my, to their ancestors. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. Contempt is outward rebellion. Yeah. Continuous rebellion. As disciples, people who have made Jesus Lord, you cannot treat God with the contempt. You have grace, but you can't just sit in sin and you know you're in sin and deliberately, consistently have contempt against God. He will not allow that. And you even see this. Yeah. And then look in verse 24. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, that's what he means. See, you can tell if someone's following Jesus wholeheartedly or not. Yes. And that's the pattern of a disciple. I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. Since the Amalekites and the Canaanites are living in the valleys... Turn back tomorrow and set out toward the desert along the route to the Red Sea. So, you know, ten times, God wasn't even exaggerating. I'm gonna tell you the ten times real quick. Okay. These are the ten times, and this is where you gotta understand when you know the truth and continually deliberately disobey, God says you're trampling the Son of God underfoot. Yeah. Because why won't you change? It's not I can't, it's I won't, because no one's gonna be perfect. You're not earning your salvation. It's your willing to be obedient or your unwillingness to be obedient. Think about it. You're not earning it. You're not comparing. But it's either if you just sit and don't listen and respond to the truth, what are you doing? You're showing contempt to God. You may not think that, but you are. Because you're not willing to study the Bible and be shown. The first time was lacking the trust at the crossing of the Red Sea. And I'll just give you, if you've taken notes, uh, you know, he was talking about that, and we know in Exodus 14, 11 through 12. Uh, and, and the number two at the time is complaining about the bitter water at Mara. Exodus 15, 24, they complained. They went out, he rescued them, and they started to complain. Do you complain? Are you getting better at not complaining? I shouldn't say, Do you complain? Everybody in here, they're lying if they don't complain. I'm trying not to complain. And when I catch myself, I go, How ugly it is. It's wrong. I'm just venting. We'll quit venting and throwing up. Have a solution. Venting negatively helps no one. Venting and going, I know I need to change. I'm sorry. That's good. Amen. But not just, go, eh, eh, eh. I don't want to hear that. That's all the news does. <laughs> These are the more facts. Death, despair. Eh, nah, 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 nah. No hope. No change. God's serious about it. You complain. Number The third time was they complained in the desert of sin. <laughs> SIN, Exodus 16.3 the fourth time collecting more than their daily quota of manna when God said just take what you need each day they didn't obey because they didn't trust and they filled it up with manna and we know it got all stinky and flies and and, and spoiled because they didn't trust God says why aren't you trusting me because you don't think God's going to provide the sixth time they, the fifth time, they no, they were yeah. On the fifth time, yeah, they tried to collect manna again on the Sabbath uh, in, in the Old Covenant, Exodus six twenty seven yeah. through twenty nine. The sixth time, complaining about the lack of water again at Rephidim. Now, don't get me wrong, guys. Don't look down on these people. They're in the middle of the desert. There's no water a sight. Actually, it's going to take a miracle. Or you're going to start. You're going to die of thirst. Yeah. Actually, it would. They're looking without God. They would have died of thirst. That's the point. Without God, some of you are dying with thirst right now in your life, your quality of life. It's hard. You wake up and go, oh, another day. You're like a person that I know. I don't know this person, but there was a comment that people that are on death row in prison, they, 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 they'll look in the cell every time they wake up, and they put a little water in their little bowl, and they look up, and they go, the nightmare continues because they're never getting out. But some of us look at life like that. Oh, you, you may not say it, but you just look at life as a dread. And there, why there are challenges, you don't have that joy and that step from the Spirit that God is allowing or causing whatever's going on. And maybe you need to learn and understand some of the stuff that happened. You just decided and choices came out. Yeah. On, God forgives, but consequences he let's roll. Yeah. So you play the consequences and heal. Amen. And punishment, discipline's left. He forgives, but discipline's left. To learn from. Seven. They engaged in idolatry with the golden calf. they went up to get the Ten Commandments. They they started to get afraid and someone started to be contemptuous and in the in the camp and then the, the leadership was weak. Josiah got weak. Leadership in the church needs to be strong. You need to be strong in the Lord and not be harsh, but you need to hold to the scriptures and go, I have no friends first i don't care i will love god and everybody leaves i'll start a a church in my house and i've done that before and i'm not saying i'm all that i'm weak too but i just know as long as i've done it i'm not here for friends i'm here to be compassionate and graceful and i have lots of friends more than you can count i go to la i got friends all over the world because when you're a disciple you make brothers for and sisters for eternity you're never going to get rid of us what i'm saying is nothing shakes my faith i go by the word of god i don't go by people Eighth, they complained again, which, guys, I'm so convicted myself. Stop it. If you're complaining, you are in, you are in contempt against God. Amen. You can pray it out. Pray to God and go, God, talk about it. Bring it out. You can share it, but don't just leave it negative like an attitude because you're saying God is not strong enough and God put me here. Where are you? Well, you've got to go, what am I learning? And then where am I at? Yeah. And what am I doing? If you're living in sin and not following God's plan, you're going to create nightmares for you because you're out of bounds. You're, you're making your own decisions in sins. Yeah. So it's always going to come down hard. Life is hard, man. Without God, it's miserable. Eighth, I mean, ninth, complaining about the lack of delicious food. Now, that, you know, just be, you know, you know, now you're like, okay, I'm making some money, but I want to be able to go here. Just be grateful, food, clothing, and shelter. And anything else you got, amen, use it as a platform for God. Ten, failing to trust God and enter the promised land, which was the killer. Look in no Numbers. Coming in for a landing. And what convicts me is, I don't know how big God's grace is. This is the problem with the heart. When you are asked or shared with, or you know something is going on and you just pass it by and you know in your heart if you're invited to study the Bible or if you're invited to church or you know in your mind you don't know really. You think you, you, think you know God, but you are not. You don't verify it. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? And I don't mean that in a wrong way. I did that for 31 years. I, once I realized, I go, that was insane. Yeah. Just assuming God knows my heart. And then once I started studying the Bible, I realized not in a comfortable way. I went, ooh, God knows my heart. Because I know without Jesus, no matter what, no one has a good heart. Yeah. You need the grace of God. And now I walk with God in his love. And it's not me that I'm saving myself. I'm in the love of Christ. And I know I, but I'm striving to obey. And, then when I, and I, But I want to know. I want God to help me see my heart. Help me understand sin. I want to take responsibility daily. I want to be clear every day and go to bed with just freedom. Because of God's love and grace. Because I'm willing to want to follow and obey. How about you? Numbers 14, verse 1. Now all night the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole assembly said to them, If only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. They were singing and screaming when they got freed from Egypt. Yeah, yeah. See, you go back to your vomit. Oh, they're just waiting. What are you doing for us next? Oh, it's not worked. What are you doing? How about jump in and go, How are you doing? Let me help. You don't come to church and, and criticize. You don't warm a seat. You are the church or you're becoming part of the church by studying the Bible. Yeah. And, you, and, and, and why? if you see something, instead of being critical, you, you come in and pray about it. And then you go, how can I help enhance it? Yes. But these guys, you blew it again. In verse 3, it says, why is the Lord bringing us into this land only to let us fall by the sword? Doubt doubt in God again our wives and children will be taken as plunder wouldn't it be better to go back to Egypt and they said to each other we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt that's disobeying God's plan that's settling that's becoming lukewarm there's so many churches that will just say love God and do what you need to and it's fine God, Jesus says, go make disciples of all nations. Amen. Be unified until I come back. Die working in the right pattern of what I called you to do and seeing people saved here and around the world in the truth. Yes. Or I come back. Amen. It's not just have a little cozy church and, you know, I made it to church this week. No, it's walking with God <laughs> and building God's kingdom. Come on, so God wasn't exaggerating when he brought up these ten things, right? What are we going to learn from this as we come in for a landing? Where are you at in your faith? See, these people did not obey God. They made mistakes. In Numbers 13, 1, I want to just look at the preface of this, and I would encourage you to read the whole thing through. It's very powerful lessons. The Lord said to Moses in 13, 1, Send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites from each ancestral tribe. So the Lord, so at the Lord's command, Moses sent them from the desert of Paran. All all of the, them were leaders, and it just goes on and names all the real names, which is insane of leaders. People that have rose up and said, Go do this, not go check it out. He says, Go and explore, not go, not survey. Go, I'm, because he says, I'm giving it to you. He's not going, go check it out and see if we can see if it'll work. Go and check it out so we can get a movement. It's it's already done. I'm giving it to you. You see that? This is where they make the mistake. They go and they see by sight. Uh, In verse 26, or in verse 25, at the end of the 40 days, they return from exploring the land. Verse 26, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite condition. They reported to them the whole assembly, and they showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses the account. They brought back huge grapes on a branch and big pomegranates they said look man it's full of milk it's like the land of the promised land because God has the best for the people that are right with him God says I'm going to bring you give you the uh, plans for you to prosper but then look in verse 20 28 but it's awesome but that's not faith that's now going into your self-reasoning how big is your butt? That shows how lack of faith you have. It's lack of faith. But the people who live there are powerful. Oh, no. And the cities are fortified and very large. Oh, no. We even saw descendants of Anak there. They were, they were associated to the Nephilimites, the seven to nine feet tall people. So don't get me wrong. We'd be intimidated. You go down the street and go, how are you doing? What do they look like? They all look like giants ready to kill. Yeah. Oh, let's go move in. <laughs> but see, that's your giant. Where's your giants? Your giants, anything you don't obey with are your giants. Yeah. That's your giant. If you read the Bible and don't obey, you get to call God wants you to be real and struggle, but a decision is going to, I believe this is real. And what he says, he's got me. Even if I walk into death, I'm going to go to heaven. Anyone who's not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Jesus says that. doesn't mean he wants to make life tough. He says, there's just no negotiating. I've got you, and you've got to believe I've got you. Amen. And it's not just for this life. It's to win souls after you get one. Amen. Come on, Chris. So you see this? And then it, it says, but the people in verse 28 are, are, who live there are Powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. You even saw the descendants of Anak. The Amalekites lived in the Negev and all that other stuff's going on. And then, and then Caleb, verse 30, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. Why? Because God said, I'm giving it to you. But the men who had gone with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. They are spread among the Israelites, and the bad report about the land. And they have explored, and they said the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are, are of great size. We saw the Nephilim. You can almost hear them cracking. We saw the Nephilim. They are the descendants of Anak. They come from Nephilim. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. They looked at us like grasshoppers. You see how the faith just goes like a balloon? That's what happens to you and me. Because you live by sight. You look at your problems and your issues and your repentance. Oh, it's going to be hard. I can't do that. No, okay. Obey. Trust and obey. There is no other way. Faithful attorney, you're robbing yourself of blessings if you stall. And I'm not a prosperity gospel person. Believe me, that's false doctrine. You will enter the kingdom and you will have hardships, persecutions, challenges. But God says, I'm with you always at the very end of the age. And he says, you'll have more relationships than you can imagine in the kingdom. But Jesus died on the cross for us. We're following him. The, The most important, closest apostles, they all died. 11 of them died suffering in the name of God so it's not like I'm going to get rid of God and all the pink clouds come, come but I can tell you there's no other life to live no. any disciple that's walk the talk faith is amazing yes. it's a waste of time I don't even know how humans that don't understand discipleship do it yes. and I don't mean that self righteously because I did it for 31 years now I'm like they talk about nothing <laughs> they talk about what are you doing for a living what's the weather like you just bought this oh Joey's going to play sports nothing wrong with being interested in that but then it's like what else How's your heart? What are you you learning with God? It's just this, that, and I get tired of that. It's like superficial. It goes nowhere. And I'm not, we need to have friendship interest, but I'm looking at like, let's grow, let's grow, let's go. Faithful to eternity, guys. Don't let your giants look at your life and go, what's stopping you from being sold out for God the way Jesus calls you? He's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you. Does your faith amaze God, you, and others? And to God be the glory. Amen.